Football America. What are you doing here? What's going on? I'm just getting the ball ready, so when the show is over, I would love if you could design this for me. It's You're just signing me. the ball so I could sign it. Yes, up. I want. I want this ball as a memory of my time here in Football Americas, and just like some players around Messi are getting Boy, items signed, yes. I also uh, want an item signed right. by Her Gomez. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Messi's very popular, not just with his teammates, but apparently with everybody else who sets foot on a field with them. Uh, enjoy that because uh, yeah. Sebi Salazar, the little guy, last game was today. His participation in the Little League. He's done. Days. Today was the last. Yeah, he'll be back Monday. But we get to enjoy you today, my man. You already mentioned it. Happy. We've got a full pack show. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to have a conversation, a one-on-one conversation with MLS Commish Don Garber. And finally, Julian Quinones has made up his mind. We know what's going to happen with Julian Quinones, uh, America's striker. But we have to start again with Lionel Messi. Semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup at Cincinnati. 18 minutes, Lucho Acosta with a bit of luck, and it's Cincinnati ahead, Herc. Uh, a bit of luck? Uh, understatement. Kamal Miller <laughs> may have a, something to say about that, but then look at this little ball in. Good touch, Brandon Vasquez, and put it away, big man. Yeah, and it's 2-0. 2-0 for Cincinnati, and maybe, maybe the magic is over for Inter Miami, running on a seven-game without losing, but here it is. Messi not scoring, but assisting Campana. I mean, he put it where only Campana can get it. Pinpoint cross. And then somebody, please, anybody, mark him. 97 minutes. He doesn't even have to jump. Just has to put the head in front of the ball. And it's all tied to two. Yeah, if you're Cincinnati, you're kicking yourself. Somebody, please, pressure him. Then Matt Miazga trying to play out of the back. No, not you, big man. Not there. And look at this. Nice little through ball for King Joseph Martinez. Joseph, looking like his old self. Started in the bench, coming up as a sub. The assist, though, Jordi Alba. Can imagine the assist is beautiful to Joseph Martinez, and it's 3-2 for Inter Miami, so then maybe the game is over, Herc. Not so fast. Yeah, look at this. It's Kubo with the real rebound right there. Drake Callender can't see. It's through a sea of pink. He just slots it. Kubo was good in the game. No, he was very good, very lively when he came off the bench, but you have to feel for Drake Callender right there. Couldn't see, gets a paw to it, but we're going to penalty kicks. And again, PKs, as always, Messi takes the first, and Messi does not miss. Oh, the big man con. And what I love about this little stare at the end. Joseph Martinez takes his time. Again, the little hesitation, enough, yeah. and it's in. Nobody missed for me. Nobody had missed until uh. Nick Haglund missed that one. It will be the time. Again, for Kremaski, the 18-year-old with the opportunity to send Inter Miami to the second final, and he does it. Miami and Tata Martino will play the final, and Tata assists Messi's game. Y siempre él tiene alguna respuesta para cada momento del partido, independientemente de las dificultades que él mismo tenga. Y creo que hoy lo ha hecho más como asistidor y no como definidor, pero la asistencia del segundo gol en el minuto 89-90, como dije creo que en las primeras conferencias, él ha naturalizado tanto jugadas que son muy difíciles de hacer que ahora las vemos como normales, pero eso es una asistencia de supercrack, ¿no? All right, for Cincinnati, it's a two-goal lead, Herc. Choke or show? Was it more Cincinnati letting it slip or was Inter Miami putting another show like they have done recently? Uh, this was more choke, but there is some show here. Let me start with the choke for our friends at Cincinnati. Cincinnati was up 2-0, uh, 67th minute. They could have closed this game out in the final 20, 22 minutes of this game, and it could have even been 4-0. They were, they were that good. They were Eight that shots on goal in total. A, on, on target. Uh, this was a very good performance by Cincinnati until it wasn't. But you could have put this game away. If you ever had a moment where you say, Leo Messi won't be at his best and he's only going to have a few opportunities. Uh, Leo Messi is going to be 
inoperative in the final third. Uh, Sergio Busquets is going to look like a player who's 35 years old, who's coming off of his fifth game in 15 days. That's what it looked like, and you would have taken it. It was that good of a performance where all of a sudden they were playing a high line into Miami, and Cincinnati was taking advantage of that high line. They should have put this game away. Pat Noonan... And that team should have put it away. You have an MVP candidate, Lucho Acosta, who played very well, pulling the strings. You got your big man involved as well in goals with uh, Brandon Vasquez. You were running the show until the show ran you. And that show being Lionel Messi. In two plays, he shows you why he's not only the best player playing in North America, but why he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Two distinctive plays where he couldn't dribble by somebody. No, that wasn't going to happen. But with his foot, with his vision, pinpoint cross in the first goal, boom! Second goal, the last play of the game. You want your big players to come out in those big moments. That's what he did. He had three players from Cincinnati around him. They were so scared that he would dribble by them that they let off. Yeah, and the moment space. he saw yeah. the sliver of space between yeah. three players, he sends a cross that only Campana, and Campana only can get Alvis Powell, can't reach it, and boom, you mentioned it. Campana didn't even have to jump. No, it no, was no, perfect. No, no, no. It was messy. It was both both assets by Messi traveled at least 25 yards. That's That shouldn't happen. A ball traveling that long when you are leading the game, that shouldn't happen. Now, not every time you lose a two-goal lead is a chojo, right? There's, there's another team in front. There's another team across the street. And teams now are on notice. No lead is safe when you're facing Inter Miami and Lionel Messi. It doesn't matter if he's not having the greatest game. He will find a space. He will find a moment and alter the game in some sort of fashion. Now, I don't want to say that since he lost it just like that, that they choked. But if there was going to be one game in which they had a lot of opportunities to put it away, it was exactly this game. They had a bad game against Columbus recently, and now you let this game slip away from you? Well, bad I, for I'm morale sure, as well. I'm sure if you ask Pat Noonan, if you ask uh, Brandon Vasquez, Lucho Costa, even Nick Hagland, who's a local boy from Cincinnati, misses that penalty kick, each one of them will tell you, we beat ourselves. Messi's the greatest of all time. That is great. And they'd be right. Nobody's taking that away from Messi. Nobody's discounting his greatness. But you had it there. In the same way that FC Dallas had it in Dallas, you had them in a situation where this is over. This shouldn't be a contest. You can clearly see how fatigued Inter-Miami are. Busquets was clearly fatigued. Jordi Alba was fatigued. Leo Messi was fatigued. Everybody, Christophe was playing on one leg, the center back. Everybody was fatigued. And you had them exactly where you wanted them, and you let them slip. And you cannot do that. You cannot afford those spaces. You cannot afford a player of that magnitude like Messi to come back into the game like that. No, um, you cannot give him second chances because if you do, then you're going to have to pay. Now, Tata Martino made some changes, mm -hmm. including like uh, change the shape, yeah. played with three center backs, yeah. let Messi and Campana uh, play up front. 3-5-2, yes. 3-5-2, but do you think Tata Martino somehow, some way, had a big impact on the end result with changes and adjustments. Yeah, so it's very easy to say you had Messi, and you're right, they had Messi. And Messi is quintessential into all on this because without Messi, this doesn't happen. I don't care what the formation is. But let's peel back the curtain a little bit and give Tata Martino his flowers, which I know you hate to do. But Tata I don't Martino, hate to do that. No, 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 no. Oh, the production I, give credit, meeting, I give credit the production where credit is due. Production was very clear that you'd be very upset in this, this one. Right. Oh, I'm not done yet. Okay. You're, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Tata Martino, here go your flowers, okay? Tata Martino uh, made a few changes. He kept Messi, yeah. he kept Jordi, he kept uh, Busquets, but he went to a 3-5-2, an extra center back, trying to mirror Cincinnati. And with that, they are down 2-0. His team is clearly fatigued. So what does Tata Martino do? He reacts. Minute 58, he takes out the following. He takes out Kamal Miller, he takes out Mota, the defensive midfielder, and he takes out Yedlin, the right back. Kamal Miller being the center back. All defensive players. He adds in Robert Taylor, okay? He adds in David Ruiz in the center midfield, and Facundo Farias, the new Argentine winger, okay? Ten minutes later, the first goal. Okay, they're still down 2-1. to one. Minute 78, takes out Diego Gomez from the midfield, takes out Tomas Aviles, the center back, and he puts in uh, Noah Allen, and he puts in Joseph Martinez, goes a left-footed 
defensive player, so Jordi Alba could advance up the field and puts in a second striker. So now what you have in this situation is you have Busquets dropping into the center back position, and you have Jordi Alba up top, and they're operating with almost six, seven players up top. Messi in the midfield as that 10 and two nines. He threw the kitchen sink. Tata Martino threw the kitchen sink. And guess what? It worked. Give this man his flowers. <laughs> now, you still have Messi on the pitch, and that is one hell of a ringer. But uh, give Tata Martino his flowers. He found a way. <sighs> if you know your team is running out of gas, like Inter Miami is running out of gas, right? They, they look extremely tired, and they had to play extra time, right? Because uh, during League's Cup, 90 minutes, PKs. If your team is tired then do not change things that much. Do not go and play with three center backs. You've said this many, many times. Playing with that formation takes time to develop chemistry, to develop the system, to I develop it. You've said that many, that many times. Smart. You said, you said that. No, and the tactical class you just gave was outstanding. Now, Tata made a huge mistake and put his team in danger. He put his team in a position to fail. And they were not just—they were not just—they were not just losing the game; they were completely overwhelmed by Cincinnati at some points of the game. Okay, so what? Let me finish. Let me finish. So what does he do then? The logical thing, right? Take some players off the field that are not playing really well or are tired, and then bring Angel Di Maria from Finland, right? (laughs) Robert Robert Taylor. Taylor. Then let Messi be Messi. Do not ask him just to hang around with with your number nine with Campana where he was completely ineffective. So the first decisions that Tata Martino made leading up to the game were completely wrong. And he put his team in an awful position. Then he did what you said. The logical decisions, which in the end, you give the ball to Messi, that magical left foot, he's going to find someone yeah, to tie I, the I game. I don't know how logical it is having Busquets play as a center back. He's having, done it. Oh, he's done it many times. play as a winger. That's not very They've logical. They've done it. They've not, done it. Not coming off of your 15th day and five games. And now you can say he created errors or there was a mistake on his part, the lineup, but you're not taking Messi out of that equation. You're not taking Busquets out of the equation or Jordi Alba. Well, why would you? Well, hold on. Hold on, because Busquets is 35 years old and playing his fifth game in 15 days. And because Messi, I would not take Messi out, but you can clearly see he was affected physically. But the thing is, Messi is Messi, and you leave him there for as long as he can be there because he will give you that moment of brilliance. He will give you that moment of magic. But Tata Martino did exactly what he was supposed to do to protect the rest. Now, it's very difficult to nitpick at what he did when he's sitting here after six weeks and going to play his second Final, second trophy opportunity, and you're sitting here saying he ruined it. Uh, he was he was very very near to ruining it. Very very this close. 96, 96 minute. Listen, I know you're. I'll upset. give him a flower. Because of I'm not. I'm not going to give him a lot of flowers. Time I do Mexico. not understand this narrative that he's somehow I now know just you're upset becoming because a of the genius, a Pep Guardiola 2.0. He was always no, a very good coach. That. No, he's not. He he's been an okay coach. coach. He's been an okay coach because he's, he didn't he's do not, well with the Mexican national team. Does not mean he's not a good. He was very very lucky to be close friends with Messi's dad. That's why he went to Barcelona. Failed miserably. Nothing he did. Those old boys. And now or, that Inter Miami needed a different kind of manager, about, it was maybe a good idea to have someone with some sort of relationship the national so that team Messi Paraguay. felt comfortable. Did you forget about the national team Paraguay? Did you forget about the uh, two uh, time two times he took Argentina to the final? Yeah, uh, and how did he do with in those finals? They lost in penalty they, oh, they lost, right? Penalty they lost with, with Messi, with, with, with a great kicks. team. Do you think, hold on, do you think Tata Martino is a great manager? He's got a great career as a manager? In Major League Soccer, he's proven He's it. got a, he won one title. No, two. What? What's the League's Cup? Counting League's Cup as an MLS title? Well, listen, on, man. the man has tournament titles. Come on, man. Come He's on. a very good let's, coach at this let's level. Be, let's, be, let's be serious. Um, you know who else should be serious? In Campeones Cup. Jesus. Are you cool with it, Hurt? Against America. It happened not only yesterday with Lucho Acosta. It's been a common thing now where opposing players are approaching Lionel Messi after the game to ask for his jersey, to ask for photographs. We saw what Dax did the other day, they lost the final, but hey, at least I won my jersey. Are you cool with it? The way some players, I'm not gonna say every player, but some players are acting with Lionel Messi as fanboys. Just really quickly, there's only been one team 
not to do this to my knowledge, and that's Orlando City, their rivals. And it was a it was a heated game, a very entertaining game. We saw angry Messi. Some would even say he should have been sent off, but that's the only time I don't recall this happening. Every other game, you just saw Lotti and Rotundi right there. Oh. Okay, Cruz Azul, yeah. they got torn into in Mexico. <laughs> you saw Thiago Almada, yep. uh, okay, who was his teammate, and he missed a penalty kick in that same yes. game. You saw that right there. You saw it against Dallas Velasco. Okay, Alan Velasco. You saw it against uh, Philly as well. You saw it again uh, against uh, Nashville. Nashville. And you saw it last night. It's going to continue to happen yeah. until these players have a little bit of self-respect. And I say that in the most just polite way, not only yourself, but for your fan base. Because there are fans who don't like this. And I understand it's the greatest of all time and you never have this opportunity again. Um, but what you're saying or the idea or impression you're giving your fans is that it's more important for me to get this right now than it was for me to play for this jersey, this badge, and win yeah. this game. And that may not be the case, but that's the impression you're giving fans. So you're indebted to these fans. And it may be cultural because you're not going to make that much of a stink about it here in Major League Soccer as you would in Latin America and Mexico. You saw what they did to Rotondi and Lotti after this. They were calling for them to be removed from the team. Yeah. Fans yeah. were not happy. It's a bit of a cultural distinction, um, and they get away with it. Should it continue to happen? No. Am I cool with it? No. I think it's a bad look. There are times, there are moments where you can go do this in the tunnel, uh, away from the game, away from the cameras. But when you do this to the cameras, there are going to be those who say, oh, look at that. It's just a game. And there are those who say, why is he doing yeah. that? You just lost the game. You should be upset. It just looks bad. Here's the problem. We're talking about it. We are talking about this. It is a big deal. It should not happen. It, what you just said to me is key. There is a time, there is a place. Yeah. If there's a way for you inside of the locker room or the tunnel leading to the locker rooms and you find Messi and you want to grab a quick picture with him, fine. If you brought your own Barcelona jersey and you want him to sign it, nobody's watching. It's your private area. Go ahead. That's fine. But it's a bad look. And I know it's not the same, but I'm going to bring this example to the table. See what you think. We as journalists, at least at ESPN, we have a rule. Whenever we are interviewing an athlete or personality, we do not ask for pictures or autographs. They just give them to if you. They ask for it, right. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. Because you are in a professional environment. Yeah. We are required to act professionally. What's the and, rule and, in the and, press and box? This, the rule in the press box. No cheering in the press box. Yeah, it's the same thing. So, but it's just acting professionally. I know the game ended after the whistle. I completely get it. And this might be the only chance you have of shaking Messi's hand or asking for a picture or an autograph. But that's not the right time. And that is definitely not the right place. You know what the most, uh, I guess, sad part about this is if you look at the players who were caught in these moments, uh, Rotundi, who I thought was very good when he played against Inter Miami. Mm -hmm. I thought he was one of the positive players. Remember what he said even before the game? Yeah, that nobody should take that jersey. It's his. I and, if, and if that happens, we're going to have an issue yeah. inside so that dressing room. His mind wasn't there, but he was, still one of the, he was still one of the best players on the field yep. that night. And then you go, Thiago Almada had a very good game even though they lost. And you go, Alan Velasco, who had a very good game against FC Dallas against uh, Inter Miami. And then you go, Dax McCarthy, uh, McCarty, excuse me, who I thought was massive for Nashville against Busquets and against Lionel Messi and that Inter-Miami team. And then you look at last night, Lucho Acosta and Brandon Vasquez, both guys scored. They played very well. So you're taking away from everything you did. And now the fans are just going to see you asking for a picture, you asking for an autograph, you not taking into account the pain they have for losing this game. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a bad look. I, I honestly had a problem with... Uh... Dax McCarty's post on social media. Because after losing a final, you cannot go and try to find a win. Because for that fan base, there's, there's no winning at all. And the fact that you have to post it, right? Because if he gets Messi's jersey, let's say he finds him in the tunnel, gets his jersey, even gets the autograph. But then you want to go out and let everybody know that you got it minutes after losing what he was for your club one of the biggest nights in your club's history. Fans are not going to take that well. And you got you to be more, you got to be smart to understand that you are, you, owe, you owe it to your fans. Yeah, unfortunately, this isn't just an MLS issue. Like, I've been in situations, uh, Ronaldinho's first game 
uh, in Mexico was a cup game. It's Copa MX. Yeah. Uh, I was playing with Tigres, and we went to Querétaro, and it was a massive spectacle. There was all types of press. Ronaldinho's first game, um, minute 22 uh, of the game, uh, one of my teammates, uh, hands on his knees, guarding Ronaldinho, goes, hey, your jersey after the game. You know, he got it. But what I'm saying is sometimes players get caught up in the emotion of who they're playing against and their idols or whatever the case may be. Uh, and these things happen. So it's not just exclusive to Major League Soccer, but it's a bad look. That, that's the reason why you don't have a picture with Ronaldinho? Scored that game, by the way. Scored we won, that game? We won 1-0. Did he? Oh, we won. You, you did. Yes. Hey, that's the one game you scored with Tigres. Um, so Messi's next game is this Saturday. Inter Miami's next game is this Saturday against... Red Bull New York at New York. And ESPN's Messi, Stephen A. Smith, not truly a fan of load management in soccer. Should Messi sit out for the match in New York, Stephen A? What? <laughs> of course not. You in America right now, baby. You understand? What you don't accent? sit up there and, and, and come to America. Just, I understand you want to be at South Beach, and I can appreciate that. In New York City, baby. In New York City, you don't come to America and pass up the opportunity to be exposed in the Big Apple, the Mecca. Absolutely not. Of course he should play in New York. All right, Hurt. Should Messi sit this one out? Uh, yes, he's going to sit this one out, I think. He's going to, for a large portion. I don't see him starting. I think Tata Martino even said, you can see um, our players, Messi included, clearly gassed and has taken a physical toll on them. So I expect some changes. Um, I expect their, I know, I know what everybody's saying. Listen, uh, their last place in Major League Soccer, 18th place, uh, last place in the East, last place just in general. Uh, if they want to get to that last playoff spot, the ninth place spot, they're going to have to do some damage in these next 12 games. They theoretically need to win eight in a few draws, if not nine to secure. The magic number is 42. I did the math, okay? The magic number for Inter-Miami to advance to the next round is 42 points. And how I got there was the last three full seasons because 2020 was a COVID season, so it was reduced. So the last three full seasons, that average is the ninth place, 42 points. That's a tall order. They've got 18 right now. You're asking him to, I believe, only be able to lose 11 points. Um, he's going to have World Cup qualifiers. You're going to have to be very smart, very intelligent if you're Tata Martino and pick and choose your battles. I think Red Bulls will be one of them. I don't see him playing a large uh, factor in this one. I'll, I wouldn't even travel him. I would tell him to stay in Miami. That's not going to happen because you need Messi to be in the stadium you if you want who? this experiment to succeed. You being who? Tata Martino. You know what I'm saying? But the, for this experiment to succeed, Major League Soccer, the Red Bulls... Oh, Major League Soccer. Major okay. League Soccer. Major League Soccer. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't played in Major League Soccer yet. No. Right? No. Leagues Cup and then U.S. Open Cup. This would be his Major League Soccer debut. And we saw the schedule. They have the next game, the game after Red Bull at home. Why won't you let Lionel Messi make his first appearance in Major League Soccer at home, that's what I would do. But And load management is a, is, is a thing, especially when you are 36 years old, you did not have a proper preseason. You joined the team and have played eight matches in five weeks. You got to let him rest. Yeah, and it looked very hot and humid in Cincinnati. You're yeah. playing on different surfaces, different travel, different types of uh, weather conditions, and everybody could say, wow, 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 professional athletes. But it takes its toll. It takes its toll. And Messi needs to be... I'm sure sometimes as an athlete, your, your ego takes hold. And that's something I've never seen Messi actually have. No, ego. yeah, for but, real. But you need to be smart. I know you want to be out there all the time, but Tata Martino needs to sometimes save Messi from himself. In Absolutely. This yeah, because he, Messi's never, well, I don't want to say he's never. He's not going to pull himself out. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. He's going he's gonna to be, he's going to try to be always available for the team. One final thing on this, at least from my side. Inter Miami already won League's Cup. Yes. They are already and uh, the final of the Open Cup, to me, whatever happens the rest of the way in Major League Soccer, honestly, doesn't really matter. House money. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. At this point, it's more important to have a healthy 
100% Lionel Messi or or as close as you can get him to 100%. If all they need to do, do you now agree is win. with that? Yes, that now it doesn't matter. They win the Open Cup. The rest of the That's tour it. is the Messi tour yeah. waving. That's from it. The bench. How you doing? Thanks for coming. Maybe playing a little bit, but it's all smooth sailing. Only one team since 05 in this very same situation, 20 games into the season, has made the playoffs in the exact same situation as Inter Miami what is right is now. DC United back in 05. At least to ESPN stats and info. If you, if you Who wanted in 05, though? Was it DC United? ESPN. It was the LA Galaxy with oh, your boy. I see what you're doing. Oh, yes. Someone has to play Inter Miami in the final. And that's going to be Houston Dynamo. It was a very competitive game. 1-1 in 90 minutes. The game had to go to extra time. It's 3-1 for Houston Dynamo. The first goal of the game, Hector Herrera, who has been hurt playing really well so far. Very well. Hector Herrera has been on fire uh, and he's been leading a, sort of a resurgence for Houston Dynamo in that uh, that plaza, if you will. It's uh, it's a soccer hotbed that's not been taken advantage of. And Hector Herrera, at least on paper this year and at least from every the games I've seen, has been very well uh, with this team. Hector Herrera has not played for the Mexican national team since the end of the World Cup in Qatar last year. He was never, he was even, even Diego Coca said publicly that Hector Herrera was not going to be a part of his regular roster. Now there's a new manager, Jimmy Lozano. And we know the Mexican national team situation. Uh, there are very, very few spots where you can tell, oh, this is the starter. Can he play his way back into L3? I think so. And the reason I'll go there is because we just heard Jimmy Lozano. We're going to talk about Jimmy Lozano later. But they yep. were talking about reintroducing players that are of a certain age. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why are you doing that? There should be like a generational shift. If that's not the case, if it's like best player plays, then he should be in the conversation. Because... He's playing at a great level. He's second in assist right now with 11 in Major League Soccer, one behind Carles Gil, who's first in, in assist in Major League Soccer. He's having an unbelievable season for a team that, quite frankly, doesn't have that much talent. Nope. He is the talent. They're doing very well, and he's Even a massive part of that. That it, pairing is really good. Correct, correct. That center midfield pairing is very good. But if I look at the players who he has... In this competition, or in front of him, or even around him, you've got Sebastian Cordoba, who's not a guarantee right now. I think he's a very good player, should be there, but he's a different type of player. Luis Romo, who's having a resurgence with Jimmy Lozano. Charlie Gonzalez, who Rodriguez. I... Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, excuse me. Charlie Rodriguez, who I think is eh, replaceable Agreed. there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then you have Luis Chavez, who's going to go to Russia, and we're going to get to that in a second. Who knows what's going to happen there? Eric Sanchez doesn't have a whole lot of international experience, except I think he offers something distinctive, uh, a different level or a different tempo on that team. I mean, honestly, nobody in this lineup is irreplaceable. I could see Hector Herrera making his way in there. And there's another big factor on this. He wants to go back to the national team. Yeah. He said publicly, I do not understand why I'm not being called up in that, this last summer. And he, he actually said as well that maybe is the fact that I'm playing in Major League Soccer and that is not helping my case. I don't think that's the fact because Jimmy Lozano and El Tri want to have Carlos Vela again in right. the national team. I definitely think he can and I feel like he should because as we saw in the summer, we were very, very close to the Mexican national team. This team needs leaders, and he is a leader. Even if he's not playing 90 minutes, even if he doesn't play every single game, his presence in the team will be very, very useful. There are no players like Hector Herrera in this you roster. You asked me if he can. I answered it if he can. Do I feel he should? No. I feel Mexico should be at a place where they're focusing on the future, and because they didn't focus on the future, they're at this place right now that they have to re rely on mid-30s, players in the mid-30s, whether it's Hector Herrera, Carlos Vela, uh, even talking about Chicharito Hernandez before he was yeah. injured. They're here today because they didn't prepare for the future. So you have to start preparing for the future at some time. And because of that, I'd say Hector Herrera is done. Okay, the final will be played on September 27th in Miami at the Driving Stadium. We do not know that exactly yet. This is how favorite Inter Miami are. Minus 350? Wow, Houston Dynamo plus 250? Is this like, is this correct? Yeah, that's a that's say big it's time favorite. I'd say it's pretty accurate. I'd say it's pretty accurate. Okay. Okay. You're gonna get full strength uh, Inter Miami team with more work 
under Tata Martina's belt, uh, Tata Martino, excuse me, his belt. Uh, I, I think they're overwhelming favorites in this final. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. A lot of different topics to talk with Don Garber, Luis Miguel, Luis Miguel Echegaray, and his one-on-one -on -one conversation with the Major League Soccer Commissioner. You know, so far, year one and a smashing success. You think about the fact that there is no other league anywhere in the world that has uh, pitted two border-connected professional soccer leagues together uh, in a competition to sort of, you know, determine who really is the king of the road here. Uh, there's been some unbelievable matches. There's been enormous excitement, and it's just year one. So imagine what our future holds. We have Copa next year. We have the Club World Cup in 25. We have the World Cup in 26. And we have our League's Cup, this unique competition that has gotten off to an unbelievable start. So to that point, how would you expect, or I guess in a better way to phrase it, what is your own expectation of the next years to come? Not just for MLS, not even just for the relationship with Liga MX, but your own vision as, as how this keeps developing. Because when I talked to Lionel Messi, and we'll get to him in a moment, I promise, he, I asked him about the growth of the game here, and you know, and, and he said, I think there is tremendous potential in so many ways, but ultimately it's down to the league. How, how do you see that, specifically as these tournaments that you're talking about well, in the future? Let me start with, uh, with League's Cup. Mm. Uh, you know, we believe, we and, and, uh, and League MX, that CONCACAF, our region, ought to be as strong as any regional confederation anywhere in the world. The sport is popular here. It's very valuable, as you know. The rest of the world almost kind of looks at this market as uh, its biggest, you know, untapped opportunity. And the future of the League's Cup is going to be a closer and closer alignment with uh, clubs in Mexico. Think about what that could mean from a promotion and marketing and player development and fan development uh, perspective. So we have great, great hopes for the future. Uh, you know, I, I listened, like all of you, at, uh, at Leo's uh, first press conference, and there were so many things that came out of that uh, that really impressed me with his belief in our league, with his desire to just play, to, to do what he can, not to be an ambassador for Major League Soccer, but really somebody who can be an ambassador for the game, to show all the potential opportunity here in the United States and with Major League Soccer. Uh, now it is up to us. You know, every year for 27-plus years now, Luis, we continue to defy the odds. We built stadiums before they were even thought of. We've developed new ways to attract the best players in the world, like, you know, like Messi. 
We've created tournaments that are unprecedented, like Leaks Cup. We continue to invest in player to development and MLS Next, MLS Next Pro, and our first teams. And you think about all that energy and all that momentum. And now we have the best player in the game in all time saying he believes that MLS could be one of the top leagues in the world. And his goal really is maybe it could be the top, top of the heap. Just a matter of time. Is there anything that you would want to improve uh, as we look ahead to 2024, 2025? You know, it's year one of what should go on for many, many years. So there's so many things that we need to look at. We need to look at sort of the, the competitive format. You know, are we providing the Mexican clubs with the, the right opportunity to be able to capture the interest of their local fans? Because as you know, there are a league of Mex fans everywhere in every city in America, certainly in our soon-to-be 30 markets. So I don't see any reason why those can't be as much a home game as it is uh, the perception that they're visiting. We have to take a look at the calendar. We've got to continue to see where does the competition fit in with so many other things that are going to be going on over the next couple of years. And certainly... We'll work with CONCACAF on so many of the other operational things and whether that's officiating or anything else, which, by the way, I think was much better than I think the officials got credit for, by the way. That is Don Garber, Major League Soccer Commissioner. Smashing success. What's so funny? First thing he said. No, I'm a happy person. I'm always smiling. <laughs> that's, what you get. that's the vibe you get from me. Smashing success. But he said... Competitive changes, especially designed for the Mexican teams. It's clear, clearly, Leagues Cup is not going to go to Mexico. No. All the games are going to be played itself. here. Yes. So it, I don't know if this same optimism and, and, and triumphalism is shared by Liga MX executives. If, not, if games are not going to be played in Mexico, what kind of changes do you envision may happen for next year? Let me just start with this highlights the dysfunction of the Mexican Federation because Enrique Bonilla was a president of Liga Mekis back then. I was the MC at the very first... That's League how Cup bad event. he was. You were the MC. Well, I was in Las Vegas, so <laughs> Las Vegas' own. I was the MC for the Liga Mekis MLS League's Cup announcement in Las Vegas. Who was there? Commissioner Garber, okay? Who was also there? Uh, Enrique Bonilla the president of Liga Mekis in that time, they always intended this to be a U.S. and um, MLS-hosted tournament, whether that's in Canada or whether it's in the U.S. Never once when they ex talked about expanding from eight teams to 16 teams to everybody did they mention their games would be in Mexico. When I asked, they said, no, no, this is a tournament here. Now, they've been very specific in the naming of their properties. Campeones Cup, okay, that was announced with Leagues Cup, would be... MLS versus Liga Mekis champions. Campeones Cup. You see the two distinctions. Leagues Cup never was a distinction in the name that it would be just MLS mm. and Liga Mekis. I could see a scenario where these competitive changes are adding South American teams, mm. whether they're Brazilian or Argentinian teams and being host cities. What that means, uh, Los Angeles is a host city for a number of Liga yeah. MX teams. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is a host city for a number of Liga MX and South American teams. Houston, Austin, uh, San Jose, California, et cetera, et cetera. I can see that being the competitive change that Don Garber is talking about. But this is not going to Mexico. And I could understand the frustration, but it, it, to me it just outlines how dysfunctional the Federation is because this was already negotiated. So the outcry from Liga MX is because they started losing games. It's because the performance was so poor and they just needed to find a reason to object the level play field, if you will. And it is, oh, no, 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 no. You feel like Major League Soccer? You feel now you, you, you cut up and they're better than us? Why don't you come and play in Estadio Azteca? Why don't you come and play in Guadalajara, Monterrey? It doesn't work like that, Liga Mekis. I'm so sorry to say, it does not work like that. And the only reason why you're crying loudly is because you realized you're not as good as you thought you were. And because Major League Soccer teams started to show game in and game out that this region is now extremely competitive. And as we say in Spanish, cualquiera le gana a cualquiera. Right. It's not that Major League Soccer is better than Liga Mekis or the other way around. That's the only reason why they want changes. If, and if there's one change, I think that's going to happen. There's going to be like bubbles, right? 
California, right. you bring eight teams, and those teams do not move from California. Uh, Northwest, East Coast. Right. That's right. the only change that I think can happen. And maybe, maybe with those changes, Liga MX clubs won't be out crying like they, like they do. I, I could also see a change in the number of teams because 29 versus 18 yep. is a little lopsided. And if you include other uh, teams from other countries, I could see it being a situation where you have to qualify for this tournament because there is a CONCACAF Champions League medal at the end yep. for these participating teams available. Or um, CONCACAF Champions Cup, excuse me. The final thing that I want to say about this is Don Garber saying, well, Liga, Liga Mekis teams should realize that when they play in some major markets, they also play as home field advantage. As home teams. Yeah. As home teams. That's not necessarily the case. No, you don't, don't have to come from your house. Work. Yeah, you have to travel. <laughs> you have to stay at hotels. That's not quite the case. Now, Don Garber also spoke about how teams can capitalize having Messi in their stadiums, but also how to keep on growing local fan bases. The Red Bulls are a great example. I've been to Red Bull games where this stadium was was sold out, the playoff games, and when they were at their at their best, the, the team was relevant throughout the, the New York metropolitan area. They need that back. And if this game coming up next weekend can provide them with an opportunity to, to get folks to come back into that stadium, it is still one of the great stadiums in Major League Soccer. It's a club that's made our play, playoffs year in and year out. It is the responsibility of the local clubs to build their fan base. The league is not going to tell them what to do when, when somebody else comes to town. I know what I would do if I was a coach or a general manager or if I was the president of a club and I heard uh, Jim Curtin say this in Philadelphia, come here and support your team. And yeah, it would be nice to, to see somebody else wearing that pink jersey, and that might be a special moment, but that was an opportunity for the Philadelphia Union uh, to you know, be on the, the way to winning another trophy. So uh, the league isn't going to mandate these kinds of things, Luis. It's really up to our teams. And for that matter, teams need to invest in better players. This is what Mark DeGrandpress said about he's the Red Bulls general manager on his team heading to next year. I can tell you that next year, we're going to make a significant investment into our roster to make sure that we can compete at the highest level in Major League Soccer consistently. There is no doubt that we are going to see a lot of more investment coming from us, targeting players from all over the world again with the hope that we can bolster our roster and really giving our fans something to get excited about for next season. Messi is just sort of a North Star that helps us continue to elevate our game and pushes us to get better, ultimately across the league. Okay, so that sounds like Red Bull New York are gonna be in the hunt for a big, big star. Do you have any candidates? Do you have, who should Red Bull New York sign next season? All right, first of all, you said bolster their roster. So we don't know if that means going about the, the rate of more U22 signings, make this a, a team for the future, invest in that route. But this is New York. That's not sexy. Sexy's getting a big name, making a splash. So let's dream a bit. Let's okay. give the New York market, as Don Garber said, a market, Red Bull market that's not been relevant for quite some time. Let's make them relevant with a few signings. How about a top three, if you are? Okay, right? okay. Right. I like now, it. Let's go. Number three. Number three. Now, this this one, number three, and number two kind of go hand in hand. It's Paul Pogba. Uh, Paul Pogba is a type of player that I think would fit in seamlessly in Major League Soccer, in the culture, in the atmosphere, in the life outside of it. Give you a, a big name to come in. Sure, not the most massive of names, but a very well oh, recognized name. Yeah, but very well recognized <laughs> name. And in France, or French players, I should say, when it comes to the Red Bulls or the New York market, uh, have done very well. Notably, a few who have been uh, superstars for Red Bulls, uh, Yor Georgi uh, Yorkaev and Thierry Henry for the Red Bulls. Number two, okay, of the same vein of the French player, and I just think makes a ton of sense, is Antoine Griezmann. He's 32 years old, ton in the tank, uh, can play multiple positions uh, as a forward, behind the nine, as an eight, out on the wing, whatever side you want. We've even seen him play as a double pivot at sometimes. This is a massive player who would embrace Major League Soccer. This is a player who's a winner, a proven winner, who I think still has the chops to help your team win and help you sell, be relevant. This is a player that I think would do wonders for the Red Bull. And then, Number and he oh yes and that's right uh, producer Beto he keeps telling everybody exactly he exactly, wants Major exactly. League Soccer all right number one 
Oh, the whale, on, the whale. Man. Listen, listen, I know, I know, I know. He just signed a massive deal in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but listen, that stuff happens all the time. And I could seriously see a situation where Neymar does something foolish or both parties just decide, hey, it ends here. Let's get rid of this contract. Everybody walk away. You do your thing. We'll do our thing. And he can find himself in Major League Soccer in a massive market, a TV market that's been desperately, desperately uh, negated by Major League Soccer or not done enough for Major League Soccer. Neymar, when it's not been Cristiano and Messi in the last better part of a decade, it's Neymar. He's been that player. Neymar is a player that would do wonders for a market like Red Bulls. Let me attack the Neymar situation first. No, no, no. Do that last. No, 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 no. no. I want to go first. I don't want to forget what I want to say. Uh, it's $100 million, right? Yeah. A year for Neymar. Yeah, but it doesn't million. mean it'll be $100 million yeah. for the Red Bulls. But what I find interesting is when you say he might do something foolish, right, that would collapse his deal. Well, that's in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi the, Arabia. Right, the rules and relegation. What relegation what gives you what gives you the idea that he wouldn't do the same if you bring him here? Well, Neymar has proven that. I think you're confusing that, what I'm talking Neymar about. Neymar has proven that he doesn't really care much about the sport anymore. He doesn't really care about the sport anymore. Do you think he's a good player? Oh, I think he's a fantastic player. Oh, I think go. I think he has a lot of talent. But I think it's if Neymar's career ended today, it would be to me more the wasted talent than the things that he achieved. Oh, I think it's very hard. And I think we will remember him more for the time he missed because of traveling to Rio for El Carnaval, being injured all the time, not really successful when he was supposed to be the number one at PS. He never could have been. He was the heir to to Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. And nowhere near. For a better part of the decade. Nowhere near. No, hold on. Nowhere near. He was, when, when was he the best player in the world? No, because it could have been the best player in the world. They've, they've, they've ruined the sport of so many great players. Slatan, uh, uh, Gareth Bell, Karim Benzema, Lewandowski, all these great players okay. couldn't get a sniff because okay. of these two guys. Benzema won a Ballon d'Or. You know what I'm talking Lewandowski about? Lewandowski won a Ballon d'Or. Luka Modric won a Ballon d'Or, all in the same era as Cristiano Ronaldo. No, not in the same Neymar era. Was At the not end even of their era. No, well, they, ne- Neymar was not even close to that. the sport for everybody not else. That would be a disaster. I would stay away from Neymar. You would stay away every from single Neymar. Cost. Yes, I would stay away from Neymar. I would know. go all in on Antoine Griezmann. All in on I've, Antoine I've Griezmann. I've had more doubts about Antoine Griezmann as a player than Neymar. You mean in terms of just talent? For Major League Soccer. Why? Because you don't get as much as you do for Neymar off the field. Neymar is an absolute superstar. You would absolutely crush it in a market like New York with Neymar. Apologies to Antoine Griezmann. Apologies. Deepest apologies. U.S. club San Diego Loyal will cease to operate after the end of the 2023 season, the club announced on Thursday. It became very hard for the club to find a long-term solution to the stadium situation. According to USL, a viable near and long-term stadium solution did not materialize for the team that currently plays at the Torero Stadium. Over the last six months, myself, Ricardo Campos, and a small part of my team have been looking at all viable options up and down the coast uh, for us to find solutions for academy, for training facilities, for stadiums. From Oceanside down to the border, we've looked at everything and left no stone unturned. Unfortunately, after looking at all of that, I've come to the conclusion that this will be the last season for San Diego Loyal. And I want to take a second to thank everybody, from our dedicated supporters to our season ticket members, to our incredible group of players and coaches, to our staff, to our community partners, but once again, especially you, because without you, this club is nothing. Like I said, this is really difficult. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to thank everybody for the way you've represented the club and worn our crest. I'm forever grateful and I'll be forever loyal to our community. All right, that's Andrew Vasiliaris, chairman of San Diego Loyal. Let's remember that a new MLS franchise will start playing in 2025 at uh, the Snapdragon Stadium. So it's not coincidence that this happens. Is this, is this like a real threat 
Major League Soccer, there are two other teams, expansion teams coming up. Is this a real threat for other USL franchises? Well, it's, it's always a threat. Let me just start by um, saying San Diego Loyal aren't the first team to not um, stick around long enough in San Diego. I was part of the San Diego Gauchos uh, in USL D3. Now as part of the San Diego Soccers and Indoor Soccer, uh, one of the first and only years that it actually folded. It came back after. But these things happen and have happened in San Diego Soccer's rich soccer history for, for many years. Um, what I will say is it, it's, it's not surprising. And, and the reason I say this is because there are USL, USL ownerships. There are lower professional ownerships who go into ownership for the idea that we can have proof of concept and show Major League Soccer or another investor that there's something here and then I'll go into business with this person and we'll bring in a franchise and I will be a, a franchise owner of a Major League Soccer team. If that's your goal, you're going about it wrong. And I think for a lot of these teams that go after USL or, or whatever the case may be, these lower franchises, have that in mind of potentially aligning themselves up uh, with Major League Soccer. Now, is it unfair? It seems like it. And the reason I say it's unfair and it's, The pyramid is closed. There is no way for you to have sporting merit to win your place in first division. Exactly. To win your place in Major League Soccer. This pyramid is closed, so if there's no promotion relegation, you're pretty much saying, unless you have money, unless you have money, like the great Ice Cube, the poet Ice Cube once said, it's big bank, take little bank. And that's what we're seeing here. That's what we're seeing here. This ownership group has lost $20 million in the last four seasons. Through COVID as well. It's no easy feat. I've seen some of these players. I've seen their product. I've seen how hard they've worked. They had something good. And it wasn't too long ago that they said, we're not going anywhere. Hashtag stay loyal. Yeah. Landon Donovan, we just saw him at League's Cup final. Right? Smiling, waving. What's going to happen to these players now? What about the countless fans who have spent so much money on your product and you guaranteed them when you weren't going? Listen, I empathize. I empathize with the pain in his eyes as he's saying, you know, how hard it's been and how he's trying to accommodate and think about the players, the staff that will move elsewhere. But until ch things change in this country, until the mindset of these lower divisions is not for us to align ourselves with Major League Soccer, but to be happy with what we have and keep trying to make it sustainable that way, until that happens and, or until there's promotion relegation where you can win your place in first division, This is going to continue to happen. The, uh, the Major League Soccer business model is very, very clear in terms of why there is no promotion and relegation. We've seen this in other countries. Uh, when you have a, a big-time professional league and then you have a minor league but that it's not dependent on the big league. It's, it's really, really hard to make those leagues work even with good funding, even with big pockets. But when this other big league is just trying to go to the same market, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to survive. Listen, you are not going to survive. So teams have to be, investors have to be very clever, very, very smart. Where are you going to put your money? Because then these things happen. And as Herc said, and I, I know a couple of players uh, that just moved to San Diego to start playing for the team. And I feel for them. Right? Because now what do you do? So, you have to start from scratch. So somebody who lost $20 million in four seasons is complaining, or I shouldn't say complaining, is stressing of how difficult it's been. Um, Bill Foley, who is a sports owner, he's the owner of Bournemouth in the Premier yep. League, went to Bournemouth and invested his money, American, invested his money over there with Michael B. Jordan because he's like, listen, it's going to take at least a billion dollars in assets and money For, for me to build a stadium and to pay a franchise fee. Why would I do that? That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with multi-billion dollar corporations. So it's going to be very difficult for these lower league teams. Yeah, sad. We feel it for the players, feel it for the fans and all the people that uh, make a living. Thanks to San Diego Loya. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk some Mexican soccer, shall we? Some Mexican players. Jorge Sanchez, who had a very bad season at Ajax. Good news for him, according to Fabrizio Romano, is going to play now in Portugal. A loan deal, there's a buy option clause. It could become mandatory under certain conditions, but Jorge Sanchez, Mexico's right back, has a new destination. Hey, listen, <laughs> good for him. He needs this move badly. He needs to start playing. He needs to get confidence again in himself. And that spot, the right back spot in Mexico, it's wide open. And another big back and forth for one of Mexico's best players. Luis Chavez finally arrived in Russia, and it is officially a new Dinamo Moscow player. He said, new challenge, same warrior. And let's remember that Luis Chavez had to buy out his contract from Pachuca so that he could travel and join Dinamo Moscow. $5.5 million had to pay Luis Chavez to Pachuca. Herc, better move. Jorge Sanchez to Porto. Chavez to Russia. Jorge Sanchez to Porto. Now, listen, there's been plenty of um, Mexican players that have gone to Porto and been very successful. Um, outside backs as well. Miguel Ayun, Tequito Corona, who was a very good outside back at Porto, uh, one of the better players in the last decade, et cetera, et cetera. I think he could do well there. It's catered to him. Let's talk about Luis Chavez. You said he had to pay his own transfer fee. There's a reason he had to pay his own transfer fee. And pay his own transfer fee. Somebody deposit him the yeah. money. Uh, of money went elsewhere, and then he deposited to Pachuca because Pachuca wouldn't accept the money from this Russian club of everything going on right now. Now, the same thing's going on for the rest of the teams in the rest of the world, uh, especially in Europe. Uh, Davinson and Sanchez, center back for Tottenham Hotspur, he was in a situation where the club says, hey, you're free to leave, free to negotiate ever, anywhere you want. He accepted personal terms with Spartak Moscow. Okay? Um... Spurs were about to accept the deal. The English FA steps in and says, hey, hold on a second. Um, we're going to advise you not to accept this deal uh, based on moral ethics, based on uh, money transferring, not securing the money, uh, all these different issues. Don't do business with Russian clubs. In fact, the majority of European teams are not doing business with Russian clubs. FIFA is not doing business with Russian clubs. They're not allowed in any type of competition, Conference League, Europa League, Champions League. Their national teams can't play in any international competition under FIFA. So why is Luis Chavez going? Is he going just to get out? Because it's not the same European dream as the rest of these people who look for European dreams. You're going just to get out because it's gonna be very difficult if things stay the same way for Luis Chavez to find a team that's not only interested, but to say, yeah, you know what? We'll go ahead amidst all this and accept the money from this Russian club for your sell, your purchase, your transfer. Jorge Sanchez's move is a great move. Luis Chavez's move is a risky move. I think there's high, high risk involved. Not only because of all the things you just mentioned, I agree 100%. Um, there's a chance that whatever he's expecting that may happen, which is... I just need to land in Europe, and from then on, maybe my talent and my quality will take me somewhere, somewhere else. Not as easy as that, because of what you, what you just explained. And I feel that he's 28, yeah. right? This was maybe his only shot at European football, right? But was there not any other offer from another team in Belgium, the Dutch League, Portugal? Was this his only option? And is it, is, it worth, is it worth the risk? I remember after the World Cup, there were rumors, reports, that he had an, an offer from Ajax. Feyenoord. I'm sorry, Feyenoord. And the offer was actually real. Yeah. 
and he wouldn't go there, or Pachuca would not Pachuca let him move there. They wanted a bigger fee. Yes. So I think there's a big, big risk because this is his prime. And right now he's one of the best players in Mexico. We just spoke about there are very few spots in the starting 11 that are secure. He's is one of those spots. But let's see how things go. Different calendar, tough league to play. The winter is brutal. So we'll see. Uh, Jorge Sanchez was really bad at Ajax. Ajax really wanted him out, but I think this is a good second chance for him. So it's, listen, second chance. It's a massive club, and there have been Mexican players who have done well. He's of the mold of a Miguel Ayun, and that work rate certainly doesn't strike the ball like Miguel Ayun, but I think he could do well at Porto. Certainly does not have the quality of a, of a back like Tecatito Corona was. He was a winger converted into a right back, and he had he oozed quality. But I can see a situation where he does well. It's a different brand of football. Ajax was always going to be, your outside backs had to handle the ball like midfielders. They had to be very good on the ball. That's not his strength. I think he could fit in better at Porto. Yeah, I, I, listen. There's a lot of competition for him, not only at Porto, right, but at the Mexican national team. Yeah. So he really needs to play and play well. And I know through ups and downs, different managers have backed him and have played him in the national team. Tata Martino, Diego Coca, and even Jimmy Lozano. Yep. But if he doesn't play, if he doesn't see minutes, then Kevin Alvarez, who actually plays for Club America, might take that role as a starter in the national team. Julian Araujo is playing Julian Araujo Las Palmas now. So it, it's a very, very tight race there. Uh, everybody has somebody in their camp, right? They advocate for the quality on the ball that, that Kevin Alvarez has. I seem to think he doesn't defend well enough to be an outside back. Uh, they, they rave about the work rate and the physicality of a Julian Araujo. He probably lacks the quality on the ball uh, for a team like the Mexican national team. Jorge Sanchez is somewhere in between. So there's three different profiles, and it's a wide-open yeah. race. You know, I'm no big fan of Jorge Sanchez, I know but I think he can do well. This might help him a lot. Great news for L3 fans today out of uh, uh, the national team camp. Julian Quiñones will play for the Mexican national team whenever he finally gets his Mexican passport. Duilo Davino, Mexican national team sporting director, has said that they have already spoken to Julian Quiñones and he told them that he will reject the call-up by Colombia. This is what Duilo Davino said today. Julian Quiñones is going to play with Mexico. He already declined Colombia's call-up. FIFA already has his one-time switch request, and it is only a matter of time before we see him dressed in green. Um, is he guaranteed started for El Tri, Julian Quiñones, the moment he gets his passport? No. Now, let me just tell you, this is a polemic, polemic um, topic in Mexico because he's a naturalizado. They don't, they don't, there's, there's large contingents, whether it's fans, whether it's pundits that don't like the fact, ex-players as well, don't like the fact that we spoke we, to one today. We spoke <laughs> to one Luis Hernandez. They don't like the fact that naturalizados, uh, dual citizens are on the Mexican national which is ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. But that said, my question is, where would he play on the Mexican national team? Because when we saw him at Atlas with Julio Furch, and he was that second striker with Julio Furch, a very physical uh, nine target type of forward, a very good compliment to him. He was a beast. He was one of the best players, if not the best player in Liga Mekis. But we've seen a different version of him because he's not playing his position, carried to a, to a side, the left side, as a left winger. He's playing more as a nine uh, with America. And he's not been great. No, he's not comfortable there. He's not comfortable. So it leads me to ask the question of where will he play under Jimmy Lozano? I don't think he has a spot in that 11 right now with the way Jimmy likes to operate. I don't see him being one of those wing players right now. Jimmy Lozano plays a straight-up 4-3-3. Yeah. That's what he likes. And even during the summer, Copa Oro, Gold Cup, he wanted to experiment with three center backs and playing two number nines. That could Diego be Coca, Diego Coca played that way against the U.S.? Uh, uh, was that against? Uh, no, it was against uh, in Mazatlán, Guatemala. Correct. He experimented with that formation and it didn't go well. That's the only way I see Julian Quiñones as a starter. If you play yes. two number nines, exactly. the way he used to play at Atlas with Julio Furch. Because if you're going to play him on the left wing, you're going to demand a lot from him 
helping recover the ball and defend. That's not what he does. That's no. not what he likes. And I wonder, and the next time someone has an opportunity to ask Jimmy Lozano the question, I think that has to be the first question. Are you going to change the shape of the team to accommodate Julian Quinones and make him a starter? That's the only reason I, I hesitated to make him a starter. Does he have the quality to be in the Mexican national team? Yeah, absolutely. 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 And, and people should know, like, it's not one of these things where he's taking advantage of, uh, of trying to play in the World Cup. Like, the man's been in Mexico since he was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, his firstborn is Mexican. His wife is Mexican. He feels very at home and at ease there. All his opportunities in his formation as a footballer has been given to him in Mexico. And he's denying the Colombian exactly. national team. He's exactly. saying, thank you, but no thank you. I want to go here. It's not a situation where he's not good enough to go play there. Yeah, no one questions his commitment. Yeah. I mean, from, from day one, it was clear that he wanted to play for the Mexican national team, and that's going to be the case. That's actually great news for Jimmy Lozano, but now he's going to have to work around that, right? Henry Martin is not healthy. Mm -hmm. um, Santi Jimenez... I guess he's going to be the starter at number nine. Unproven at the international level. Correct. He's right. going to have his second full but, season. But that's who should be the number nine, let's be honest. Correct. We'll see. We'll see how that one goes. But in the end, it is really, really good news for El Tri. Bundesliga on ESPN Plus. Sunday. Ah, I love this matchup. Mainz 05 hosting the Derby. Eintracht Frankfurt starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Followed by FC Bayern München and Harry Kane. Hosting Augsburg, everything on ESPN+. Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr has become a shareholder in Real Mallorca. The very own club announced this on Tuesday. Mallorca reorganized its ownership structure last month. And now Steve Kerr wants a part of it. Steve Nash was part of the previous ownership group, so now another Basketball star joins the team. Why he did it? He explains. So Andy Kohlberg and I have been good friends for many years. We were together this summer and he told me there was a shift in the ownership group and he offered me the chance to, uh, to be part of the new investment group. I was so excited, you know, having been in Mallorca last summer, watching a game following the team and becoming a fan. So it was a really exciting opportunity and I, I jumped at. Becoming a Mallorca fan last year and becoming involved now with uh, the team. And I'm gonna be watching La Liga games uh, all year and uh, it just makes it so exciting. You know, not only have a financial stake, but really what that means, you know, putting your heart into it and, and really becoming part of the team. It's very exciting. Two great minds, Javier Aguirre and Steve Kerr. This is the schedule of La Liga starting this Friday. Celta de Vigo at Balaidos will host Real Madrid. That game starts at 3 p.m. Eastern. Las Palmas with Julian Alvarez hosting Real Sociedad. Catch the full action on ESPN+. And if you're Steve Kerr, you can watch your very own club, Mallorca, playing Granada on Saturday at 1.30. All right, that's it for the show. That's it for me. My man. Seb is back on Monday. Do not call me. I don't want to be back on this show if Herc believes that Neymar had a better career than Antoine Griezmann. I, uh, I apologize that you had to come in as a visitante. Uh, but yes, you should be next time, after next time play on my turf. <laughs> Remember to download the Football Americas podcast. Watch all of our content. And we'll see you. They'll see you next time. I will Monday. be seeing you. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.